Welcome to Political Musings. I'm your host, Amy Manuel. It is the day before Election Day. This is the last Political Musings before we all vote tomorrow. If you have not already voted, either in person for early voting or by mail. Now remember, if you live in the great state of Texas... In many counties, you are going to have to find your uh, particular precinct polling place. Now, that's not true in certain counties like Dallas and Collin, but in my county, for example, if you waited till tomorrow, then you're going to have to find the right place, and you can go to your county election site. But there, there are places online to find out where you're supposed to go to vote. Now, because it is the last day before Election Day that we're going to have this show, I thought I would bring back one of my favorite candidates that I interviewed last year, and that is registered nurse Stephen Houlihan, who is running against Daryl Issa in California. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks for having me back, Amy. Now, just uh, as a reminder, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, as you stated, I'm a registered nurse. I have been for 25 years. My background is in critical care, and I work here in San Diego. Um, But I'm also an activist. I've been the president of a group called Save Mission Trails for well over a decade, and uh, we've been the guardians of, of Mission Trails Regional Park here in San Diego. I'm a former Santee City Council member and former vice mayor of my hometown, Santee. That's terrific. You know, I really love to hear from candidates that are not at the bottom of the ballot who have some experience in governing. That's an important thing. Imagine that, right? Some (laughs) some of these, uh, you know, some of them have been in there for 20 years, like Daryl Issa and still has no experience governing because <laughs> he hasn't even done anything in 20 years. Well, we we definitely need to give him his walking papers. Tell me a little bit about what the stakes are in your district. The stakes couldn't be higher. And so we're, we're in a battle for the U.S. House of Representatives. And so Daryl Issa's been in there for 20 years, but, you know, he's only been representing my district for two years because he doesn't even live in the district. He, he doesn't even live in the district. And so he, he's come over and he's, he's jumped ship where he couldn't be elected where he lives. And he is not the person that we want representing us. And he actually is a co-author of the House Bill 1011 to ban women's reproductive rights at the federal level. This is the guy that's writing the bill to take away this right, this health care, from women nationwide. Can you explain a little bit about what is going on in places like, like Texas where women have already lost their rights? Well, not only are women losing their rights, they're losing their lives. And so this not only is a huge uh, issue for women... But it's a huge issue uh, for for fathers. 
I'm a father. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge issue for husbands because what's happening is women's health care is being withheld from them and women are actually dying. And this is not okay. And it's happening across the whole nation. And it's, it's, this is a, it's, a, it's all preventable. And remember, women's reproductive rights is health care. And this is mm-hmm. health care being withheld from members of our society, and it's not okay. So it's, it is hugely important. We need to get Daryliza out, and we need people who can actually represent women properly. I, I just want to remind folks uh, that in my own family, my mother DIY'd an abortion before Roe v. Wade and nearly died in the process. It's not that, you know, these scary doctors are doing back alley abortions. This is what's going to happen is women are going to try to do it themselves and they're going to end up in the hospital or worse. What that's, that's correct. That's correct. And, and so, yeah, we need this is a medical procedure that should be done in a controlled environment because it's going to happen anyway. So we need this in a controlled environment, a sterile environment. We do not want women experiencing sepsis. Uh, we don't want women to become infertile afterwards. Uh, we want to make sure, and also there's going to be um, non-viable um, babies that are going to um, run the whole term, but they cannot survive outside of the mother's uterus. Mm-hmm. And so it's very complicated. All right. Well, as a little just fun aside, while I was working as a uh, alternate election judge at an early polling place here in Texas, I discovered a song by the Bare Naked Ladies that it's not our, our theme today is going to be voting and we're going to have lots of music that goes with that. But this one's called Flat Earth and I just couldn't resist. Here's the Bare Naked Ladies with Flat Earth.
talking and I guess I couldn't stop My eyes were rolling as she lit me up I had to roll and drop She said the day that I was born Could tell her much about my mind I said my sign was stopping, she should really quit while she's behind Now she's shooting from the hip and slinging slack words She's not speaking in reverse, but everything is backwards Naked Ladies with Flat Earth. I just love that song. If you're just joining me, you're listening to Political Musings here on Fishbowl Radio. And my guest today is Stephen Houlihan running for Congress in California. Uh, where about is your district, Stephen? So my district is in, it's down in San Diego County, but it actually stretches all the way into Riverside County as well. And so it starts at the U.S.-Mexican border and runs all the way through San Diego County up to a town called Murrieta. And it also goes all the way to the furthest eastern border of San Diego County. It, it's vast. It's a massive district. Tell me a little bit about what you've been seeing in healthcare over the past few years. Well, I'll tell you, with uh, COVID, it, it was a game changer for healthcare. It, it changed our focus 100%. And so we have been in crisis mode for years. We have a, a difficult time staffing the hospitals uh, because so many nurses have retired due to burnout. So many doctors have also retired due to burnout or changed professions completely. And so it's, it's taken a huge emotional physical and psychological toll on all of the staff. It's also been devastating to our finances to run our healthcare system. Uh, there was a lot of talk about everybody upcoding to COVID. COVID, uh, it does not pay to uh, treat COVID patients like it did before when we would do 
knee replacements and hip replacements, which people are simply not having done now for fear of going to the hospital. Mm. So complete game changer in the healthcare system. We had um, in the past week or so, while I was working the polling place, I was shown a link that the hospital where I live in Denton was under lockdown because there was uh, supposedly an active shooter. It turned out to be a false, false alarm. Somebody called in, but I, I don't understand. These things are happening all over the country. Yes, uh, so I, my background is critical care and I used to be the supervising RN of a surgical intensive care unit. And so it's, it's a very highly charged area of the hospital. We also were the trauma unit for the sickest people who need to be on ventilator, who had been shot stabbed, terrible car accidents, plane crashes. And so I, I've seen it, I've seen it. And uh, the, the repercussions of a, of a firearm injury are devastating, are devastating. And also it's rough for everyone who's taking care of you. It's emotionally charged. And then sometimes uh, there's blame. If, if we can't save someone's life, the family member may blame us um, for you know not being able to create a miracle that they thought could occur in their minds. So yes, it is. It is a. It, it is all. It has always been dangerous. Um, emergency departments have all been armorized um, from decades ago from shootings that occurred there as well. So yeah, it, it's it's dangerous. Well, and these uh, threats to doctors and hospitals have been on the rise since 2020. They have, they have. And not only that, but a lot of patients who've had COVID, when given that diagnosis, have refused that they even had COVID, even on their deathbeds. And so the campaign of misinformation from non-scientists uh, has been, uh, it's been devastating to, to people's compliance in the hospital. If the doctor tells you that you need coronary artery bypass surgery, you probably actually better go and have that surgery done because it, it is that important. And so you, it's when it comes to science, unfortunately, you don't really get an opinion. If your heart's going, if you're gonna have a heart attack or you had a heart attack, you had a heart attack. And it's the same, if you have COVID, there is a bug, there is a, a microscopic virus in your body that can kill you. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not something that's negotiable. I, you know, I say that it was just a fun aside for the song Flat Earth. But in reality, I have a couple of sisters in my family who, despite being very well educated, are anti-vax. In fact, one of my sisters, the one living in California, not so far from you, uh, is working for Robert Kennedy Jr., who is a notorious vaccine conspiracy theorist. Can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. So when, when you were first born and you were in the hospital, you received your first vaccinations and no one thought about it. No one complained about it. It was just, it was just business as usual. Mm -hmm. And then as you grew up, as, you know, before you went to school, you received some, some more vaccinations to make sure you were safe um, when you went into school and into that community, uh, in that environment. 
and your immune system slowly uh, improved and became stronger. Well, with with COVID-19, what's happened is we have this this complete foreign invader that's entering our body, and our body is not has no defense. And the best way to have a defense is to be vaccinated, because what it does is it it's almost like a, a little gym for your immune system, and so then it can start to get stronger. And it doesn't mean you won't get sick. It's just like the the, the flu. Right now, we have a flu epidemic that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. We have an RSV epidemic that's happening right now. And so we're, we, we have a, a trifecta of viruses attacking us. And your, your best defense is to be vaccinated. Uh, there are no microchips in the vaccine. Uh, we don't want to track you with the vaccine. Um, we can already, you're already being tracked on your phone probably. And uh, you know what, there, it doesn't make you magnetic. Um, and it, it's, just, it's just something that we've been doing for many, many years. It's safe, it's effective, and I urge everyone, get vaccinated. Get your flu shot, get your bivalent COVID shot, and that way it'll keep you out of the hospital. And that way someone like me won't have to come in there, put you on a ventilator, do CPR on you, and, um, and then you, you come out of a coma after having a tracheostomy tube. It's, it's just unnecessary. Just get vaccinated. Uh, what sort of things can you do if once you're elected to Congress? Well, the first thing is is getting a a science denier out of Congress. So that's the first thing is is we can get rid of the negative influence of our current congressman Daryl Issa. Uh, he's been in there for twenty years. He is the swamp. He has made himself a multi multi millionaire as a congressman so first thing is get him out the next thing is is bring somebody in who has new fresh ideas i am a registered nurse i am an expert in medicare and so the first thing i want to do is shore up medicare and expand medicare and we don't have to pay more money for it we already pay a lot for um for all of our health care we don't have to pay more we can just make it better the next thing is is i have an mba a master's in business administration. I have ideas on how to fix the supply chain, how to deal with inflation for real, not just point fingers. It's not just about pointing fingers. Inflation is a worldwide phenomenon. And so we need people who can go in there and and start working on the supply chain. It's about supply chain economics. The next thing is I'm actually going to go in there and protect your social security. So while they're trying to raid your social security, I want to raise your Social Security because we've all been hit in our 401ks and our retirement savings have been are diminished and so people are going to really re- be relying on Social Security more than ever and that's just the beginning. But those are those are probably those are those are three huge issues. All right, well we're going to take a little break now, just a little music. And uh, this next song This next song is uh, Vote for Democracy. Vote for Democracy.
democracy if you're just joining me you're listening to political musings here on this Monday before election day in the midterms today my guest is Stephen Houlihan he's a registered nurse running for Congress in Southern California Stephen you were talking a little bit earlier about some of the things you've done for the environment talk a little bit more about that yeah the environment you know with our democracy at risk and all the the flat earthers out there with their misinformation campaigns climate change is still happening and it's actually accelerating and so for over a decade I've been an activist uh, and as a the leader of save mission trails and one of the big things we did is we stopped a gas-powered pipe or a gas-powered um, power plant from being built at our park 
which for many reasons it, it was the wrong thing. The first thing is, is we didn't want a power plant in the park. That's a bad idea. The second thing was it was a, it was a $500 million boondoggle of fossil fuel infrastructure that was unnecessary. And the worst part was they're going to make us pay for it. They were going to have the ratepayers pay for it. And so it was wrong on all accounts. And we were able to get not only Democrats, but Republicans, no party preference, everybody joined and we stopped it. And then a few a few uh, years later, they tried to put a, a natural gas pipeline all the way through the district. And interestingly enough, they said, well, it was it was for energy security. But once we learned about it, it was actually a distribution line so they could pass through the district and go and basically pipe natural gas all the way to Ensenada, Mexico for for export. And so we were going to pay for that another five hundred million dollars and they're going to have us pay for it. It was going to benefit us zero. It was just a pass through and it was it was big money. And so it was a billion dollars between just those two issues and those two those two plans that would have been passed. Those it would have been the ratepayers that paid for it. And we already pay the highest rates in the nation down here in in my district. And so those were those were two huge accomplishments. And we don't need that infrastructure. The other thing we've done is we have more solar arrays in this area than anywhere. In uh, my hometown, I think we have the second most solar power anywhere in the nation. And that's from going to all the high schools and, and them investing, going to all the elementary schools and them investing, and then passing ordinances where every new home has solar power array. Uh, so we've, we've done so much, but we can do so much more. We try to bring in what's called community choice energy or community choice aggregation to our our city and that way when we whatever profits that were made from the the power company we could take those profits and put them right back into the city it would have saved the city of santee my hometown over a million dollars a year but unfortunately politics got in the way and the uh the city council voted against that very very smart idea so yeah there but there's so much more to be done all right, well, let's take another little break here. This song is from Limbo Man Band. It's Voting Booth Cafe. When I went down, down the other day To the Voter Booth Cafe and there were politicians all around Drinking big Starbucks latte They shake your hand They kiss your cheek Take off your shoes They might kiss your feet There'll be a lot of kissing every day At the Fulton Booth Cafe So you know the Pac-Man, they be standing at the bar They got the money in their hand And the politicians, they all gather round Just trying to make their stand They might shift left, they might shift right Might shift to the middle if the price is right Oh, there'll be a lot of shifting every day at the 
Love with them Politicians please go away From the floating food cafe So you know the senators and the congressmen They line up to make their pitch But without a lie detector You can't tell which is which Protect the border, support the war I'm for healthcare, praise the Lord There'll be a lot of prayer every day At the Fulton Food Cafe So you know at last it's time to cast your vote At the Fulton Food Cafe And the marks line up electronically to choose their candidate. Well, they might choose fear, they might choose hope, might choose a smart one, might choose a dope. It's a four-year crapshoot anyway at the Fulton Food Cafe. Listening to Political Musings. I'm your host, Amy Mangle, and my guest today is Stephen Houlihan, running for Congress in Cal- Southern California. Stephen, what issues are at the top of your mind as we head into tomorrow's election? Well, number one is women's reproductive rights. As a registered nurse, it, it, that is first and foremost. It, it directly affects 50% of the population and indirectly affects 100% of the population. And this is so important because this may be the, the chance that women have to, to stand up for their rights. And it, so it's, it's that important. And it crosses all uh, political ideologies. The next is inflation. We need to fix the supply chain. We need to stop the finger pointing. Uh, we need to make sure that we have the, the, the goods moving into our country properly. So one of my ideas is we've seen so many container ships off of, uh, off of Los Angeles, off of uh, Long Beach. We can bring some down to San Diego. We have, a, we have the big bay here in San Diego and, and it's underutilized. The next thing is the border. Everyone talks about the border this, the border that. Daryl Ives is always over at the border. In 20 years, he's done nothing. I want to actually 
make sure that the supplies are moving through the border. In, in Texas, I was watching uh, in, in awe that your governor was having all of the, the, the goods that were moving through the border stopped at a secondary checkpoint. Mm-hmm. So he, he was causing the inflation. He was causing the problem. These men who say they're going to fix the problems are causing the problems. And then, of course, we got to secure Medicare. We have to secure Social Security, and we have to fight climate change. I mean, it, it's that these are these are huge issues, and we need to start dealing with them at the congressional level, so that local politicians can do their part as well. What are some other areas of concern outside of those you just mentioned? Well, for us down here in, in Southern California, we have a massive drought. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, you know the, the Hoover Dam is at the lowest levels. Lake Powell is at the lowest levels in, in, in history since since the dams were built. And so we need to deal with our drought issue. Uh, we need infrastructure. We need infrastructure dollars, and those dollars need to go into creating reservoirs so that when it does rain, we can capture that water. We need to make sure that we have money for desalination. Uh, these are these are huge issues uh, in Southern California, and actually you're going through a drought in Texas as well. Yes. Uh, so ca- cattle are dying um, because the grass isn't being watered. It costs so much for, for farmers, uh, for cattlemen to feed their cattle that they're, they're culling their herds. And so this is only a Southern California issue. This, this stretches a- across the, the entire uh, Southwest. Um, also fire. The issue of fire. Mm-hmm. We, we have massive wildfires uh, that pass through our area uh, and so we need to make sure that we have adequate funding. We need to make sure that we're doing the right things before the fire. Good preparation will do so much. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, you know, Daryl Liza, he voted against infrastructure bills. He voted against providing uh, the, the money that firefighters needed. Uh, he's he's basically he he says he's going to do things for us and he does the exact opposite and so yeah it's so important but yeah water fire uh, we need and agriculture are all very important. Let's take another little break here. This song is from Evanescence. This is "Use My Voice." Cover my ears and close my eyes. Just long enough to stop the noise Go on, take everything and throw it away But I will use my voice
All right, that was Evanescence with Use My Voice. And I hope all of you out there listening, I hope you will use your voice uh, tomorrow. If you haven't already, you need to remember to go vote. Tomorrow is Election Day. Election Day doesn't come every four years. If you live here in Texas, it comes every year. Uh, there's a November vote, but then in many places there's a vote in May for municipals. If it's an even-numbered year, we'll have a primary in March. So uh, there are opportunities for you to vote. And as I always tell you, make sure that you go out there and get informed about what the issues are and who the candidates are and where they stand on issues that are important to you. Don't depend on their advertising. Do a little research. One thing I remind, this is true in Texas, I'm not sure about places around the country, but you can't get your phone out in the polling place. You cannot do that. That is not allowed. So you can't be doing research while you're voting. What you can do, you can print out a sample ballot, which there are websites for that. Uh, here in Texas, you can go to your county's election website, look it up, go to the Secretary, Secretary of State website, look yourself up, and print out a sample ballot. And then do all your research at home, figure out how you want to vote, mark it on that sample ballot, and bring it with you. Because you can take that and have that out in the polling place. So that's a reminder. Do your research before you leave to go vote tomorrow. If you're going to vote tomorrow, do your research tonight. And put that paper in your wallet or your purse or, or wherever, your briefcase, so that you have it with you when you go to vote. Make sure you have that sample ballot and you know how you're going to vote, unless you already know and you don't need any kind of reference to figure it out. I can tell you here in Texas, there's propositions on the ballot and you're not going to understand them because they are horribly worded. Okay? Uh, so go see what's on the ballot. Learn what you're going to do. Figure it out ahead of time. You can't figure it out once you're in the voting booth. So do it now. We are talking now to Stephen Houlihan, who is running for Congress in Calif Southern California. Stephen, uh, what else have you seen as far as um, health care goes? What about in, say, rural areas? Yeah, you know, they have what's called critical access hospitals in rural areas and they have been shutting down uh, across the country. And so access to healthcare has become uh, more difficult, um, not only for women for their reproductive healthcare needs, but also for the, the general population. And so this is, this is a huge issue. It's an issue of access. And so in the rural areas, uh, we need to make sure that everybody can get that preventive care 
they, you know, the, an ounce of prevention uh, will will help you so greatly in the long term. Uh, when you have that issue, if it's uh, diabetes, you need to make sure that you are managing your diabetes. And so things like um, insulin administration is so important. And unfortunately, people like my opponent, they, they keep voting to make sure that it's extremely expensive for a drug like insulin. Uh, insulin's been around for 100 years. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why it should cost hundreds to thousands of dollars uh, for someone uh, with diabetes to manage that disease process. But even something as simple as getting your blood pressure checked. Mm -hmm. uh, blood pressure, uh, hypertension is, a, is an issue. And so, uh, you know, it's called the silent killer. But you know what, there's, there's other issues that are happening with the younger population. Uh, there's an epidemic of alcoholism uh, of people who are, are drinking themselves to death. And so we need to make sure that we have that preventative treatment, especially in the rural areas. Um, there's a lot of depression, um, people who are, who are uh, shut off and shut out. Um, and then, you know, the biggest thing is uh, we have this fentanyl epidemic. Um, fentanyl has been put into drugs of all forms and shapes and so we need to make sure that not only do we, we manage this issue with the fentanyl, but we need to make sure that Narcan is available so that if someone has an overdose, we can save them. It's, it's simple. You, you administer the Narcan and they start breathing again, but no Narcan, no breathing. And so, um, you know, we need smart ideas. We need smart solutions. Uh, you know, not, not some of these uh, terrible solutions that are coming down from, you know, like people like Daryl Isa, where he just wants to, you know, pound, pound it is a criminal thing. Well, it, it is criminal. And we, and we want to be tough on the, those that are manufacturing fentanyl for, uh, in, for use in illicit drugs. But we also want to be smart and save our children and uh, make sure that we, we're not having these issues with overdosing. Um, so like I said, an ounce of prevention will go a long way. Well, and it's become a real problem. There's large areas of Texas and California that are rural even though you know you've got la and san francisco there we've got dallas fort worth houston san antonio austin uh there uh, el paso these are all urban areas and suburban areas uh, dallas fort worth for the most part is suburban it's just a huge suburb uh and so in in those vast areas that are rural in Texas and California, these hospitals have been shutting down, and particularly here in Texas, where uh, they didn't take the uh, Medicare uh, the Medicaid reimbursement, and they they didn't they didn't take that money that was to help keep those rural hospitals open. Because if you got a, if you're having a heart attack, you can't be four hours away from the ne nearest hospital. Yeah, time time is heart muscle. So when it comes to that, and and you know, as a as a male, you know, your heart is is, um, you know, you're you're going to have heart issues when you're a man as you get older. It's just the way it is. Uh, women have estrogen that kind of protects their their uh, their vascular system. So, but it, it starts with the hypertension and then the coronary artery disease from, from the fats in our diet. And then eventually, you know, the possibility of having a heart attack or going into congestive heart failure. 
And so you, time time is heart muscle. And so you, you need to be able to get those or those coronary arteries opened up. And if you're in a four hour ride on an ambulance to get to the nearest um, cardiac catheterization lab, uh, your heart will be permanently damaged. You may survive, but you will not be the person you, you had been. And so it's a self-inflicted wound in, in these states uh, by the legislative branches of, of, the, uh, of the state governments to not accept that money. Uh, they should. What they're doing is, is you're, you're, they're actually killing their own populations. Mm-hmm. And so in, in California, we have what's called Medi-Cal, which is, which is a form of Medicaid. And so what, what happens is that makes sure that the hospital is reimbursed for your care because there's a lot of care that goes unreimbursed and that hurts your hospital. And that's why the hospitals end up closing. So if, if you at least can, can have some sort of coverage, then we can get some sort of payment so that that cath lab is, is available so that those nurses and doctors are there waiting to care for you. So Stephen, if as we come toward the end of the show here, let's let everyone know how they can find out more information about you, how, how, People can donate to your campaign. You know, Daryl Ice is a multimillionaire. Yes, he is, and and he wasn't when he went into Congress, and that's that's pitiful. That's pitiful. So he's used he's used his uh, his status as a congressman to become in, incredibly incredibly wealthy. I'm a nurse. I'm a working person. But you can go and learn about me on my website. It's elect Hulahan. My last name is spelled H-O-U-L-A-H-A-N. And if you have a hard time remembering, last time we talked about MASH, remember Nurse Houlihan from MASH. Yeah. And, uh, or if you're, if you're a millennial and, and you're more into dodgeball, Patches O'Houlihan. Those are two of the uh, two, two Houlihans from, um, from film. But you know what? You can learn about me on Twitter at Elect Houlihan. You can learn about me on Facebook at Elect Houlihan. Or if you're into Instagram, go to Elect Houlihan. And uh, learn a little bit about me. And you know what? If you could just chip in a few dollars, that goes a long way. If everyone listening to the show just chipped in five dollars, that would be massive for my campaign. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not a multi-billionaire or multi-millionaire like Daryl Liza, who's basically fleeced the system and taken your money. Oh, well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I remind everyone tomorrow is elections day now if you're in texas and you haven't registered to vote well it's a little late but you can go and you can vote a provisional ballot you can get registered at the polling place now you here in texas and and many other states you have to be registered 30 days prior to an election so get registered now you can vote in the spring As always, get registered, get informed, go vote. And now is the time to go vote. And if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me. And now for just a little bit of fun, here's the Animaniacs with the Suffragette song.
It's insane for us to think today that women used to have no say in matters of the government. The line of thinking usually went. You do not need a ballot to finish your needlepoint. Even though men called them gorgons and their corsets crushed their organs, suffragettes, they rocked the boat to help us win the right to vote. Washington, we fought the fight for independent women who demanded equal rights. Thank you, ladies. Thanks to you, I can vote. Well, come again. Are you kidding me? I've just been informed that cartoons don't have the right to We toast 100 years of women voting in our nation But as a disenfranchised tune, I seek emancipation Saluting my foremothers in star-spangled petticoats I respectfully submit, it's time to give cartoons the vote Let's all march on Washington, let's fight the fight I might only be a drawing, but I still want equal rights It's time to band together, time to give cartoons the vote. Yeah! Don't be afraid to speak out. Tell us about the issues that affect you. I've been out of work for six months due to a mallet-related injury. It'd be great to have a stunt double for all the cartoon violence. Excellent! Let us tell the big rich how we really feel. Every day we're smashed and whacked. Every day we're smashed and whacked. It's time to take our anvils back. It's time to take our anvils back. A pie for you, a pie for me. A pie for you, a pie for me. This seltzer's crazy quality. This seltzer's crazy quality. We're coming to you live with reports of a tiny dog puppy lady singing at Congress. We besieged the legislatures to secure our zany stature. Squirrely tail entwined with Tweety Wing. Hear our voices as we sing. Tune in to the Love Cafe Radio with your host, Jazzy. For your appetite.